Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is the madman from Scotland, Roddy McGee, joins us on the show. We discuss how he creates his off-the-wall effects, his strategies for routining, and a lot more. Nick Lacapo joins me to discuss the feature part of the week from Rick Lax. Before all of that, the show kicks off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians stop by the show to discuss the magic they never leave the house without. This week, Anna de Guzman joins me for the Everyday Carry. Anna de Guzman, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the Everyday Carry. All right, you're going out. You're going to go get groceries you can meet a friend's a coffee or something like that what is your everyday carry hi thank you so much for having me i would say when i leave the house i always tell myself phone wallet keys cards that is what i always remember to say to myself when i'm leaving the house and i always have a deck of cards in my purse mm-hmm. at least one it's normal-ish it's, it's, it's usually a normal deck of cards yeah. maybe i'll throw in like a duplicate in there oh. but for the most part i don't use like any gaffes and uh that's easily my go-to but i try to do a lot of magic that isn't cards and i think a lot of people don't know that or don't don't see that i love doing magic with everyday ordinary objects mm-hmm. and a big thing i say is i like taking something ordi- ordinary mm-hmm. and doing something extraordinary with it so um, so things like you, a ring. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like ring. Everyday objects like phone. I love borrowing people's phones, breaking into a phone, doing the passcode thing. Uh, I actually started doing this D-Light. You would never believe. A D-Light. <laughs> Have you seen me do this? I haven't seen you do D-Light, but I, I do under, like... I can understand why people would like giggle at it because it's like, oh, it's like yeah, you get it from a tour right. shop. From, but, from a magician's standpoint, yeah. if I tell you I do D-Lights, you'd yeah. be like, what? Yeah. It kills and and this is how i do it uh i use the f- iphone flash oh with, and okay. it looks like i take the light off the iphone flash that and that's what makes it modern and relatable to regular people that so i'm not just like doing yeah. d lights for fun it, it looks like i'm st- how i present it is i'm taking the iphone flash off and i put throw it back on i have seen you do this on social media yeah. i've seen it in like it's a couple of reels yeah. and i w- i think it's also because the the technology is there that it's like bright enough that it actually looks like the flash it, it's really good i yeah. think people totally underestimate it i i just have this fake lightable thumb yeah um that's a, a good one i bring big popular trick that i i love doing it's mm. a hit profit oh one, yeah once to hundreds yeah been my go-to i think People just love money, mm-hmm. like humans, like yeah. we like money. And it's, if you had real magical powers, that is the trick that they would do. They would turn ones to hundreds. So I think that's why that's a, been a really popular one that I bring around with me, just because it's, it's visual, it's mm-hmm. quick, and it's not cards. I do try to do a bunch of other stuff before I do cards, because yeah. cards is my, my safety net. Yeah, once you, once you get into it, you're, yeah, like, you know I'm you're set. there. So I try to lead with a lot of things that aren't cards until I need to bring out the cards, until people ask to see cards. Um, and also loops. I think mm-hmm. loops are just an easy thing I, I throw in in my bag or like wear outside of the house and you can make anything float or make something move. These are I mean, these are all like awesome things and I totally see why you like rotate through these as your everyday carry and to like make, to, in going into this organic magic with uh, ordinary objects before you break out the cards and do some of the eye-popping cardistry stuff and other magic with cards. It's a great answer. Anna, thanks so much for joining me on the Everyday Carry. 
No problem. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks to Anna de Guzman for stopping by the show. Now, on to the main event. Roddy McGee is the mind behind Little Door Flux, Flight 101, Frankendo Predictions, and so many other delightfully oddball tricks. He's widely considered to be one of the most creative magicians on the planet. His effects have been performed on television and found their way into the hands of working pros all over the globe. I'm fortunate that I get to spend time with Roddy every year at Blackpool, and this year we realize that even though we talk all the time, he's never been on the podcast. Roddy joined me via Zoom to talk creativity, routining, and now you get to join our conversation. Roddy McGee, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. This is, believe it or not, the second time you've been on here, but very few people know that you were on here once yeah, already. Yeah, I snuck on before. <laughs> I think Nick and I were doing some sort of state of the Penguin, and you were just sort of like sitting in the back chuckling because you were jet-lagged and had just gotten here. But it's good to finally have you on yeah. the podcast properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am a massive fan of your products and your tricks because when i do a walk around gig these days i basically walk around with a deck of cards uh little door flight 101 and frank and doe and i don't do much else i'm not sure why i even do my own tricks anymore but your stuff is it's really creative and interesting and like has this like offbeat like can we talk about a little bit about where some of that stuff came from like you know it's it's so unusual and the plots are so interesting and well developed. Yeah, I mean, I get asked this quite a lot, and believe it or not, like where where does it come from? Where do you get the ideas? And honestly, I wish I knew. I wish I was able to say, well, you do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and then yeah, there's the track. Because if I could do that, I would be doing it every day, right? <laughs> but I think it's I think it comes from. I mean, I've had to examine it of late. Um, you know, there's uh, like a, 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 on a personal level mm. recently, um, I went through a sort of ADHD di- diagnosis <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah. to, to absolutely no one's surprise but mine, right? Like everyone <laughs> that knew me is just like, yeah. And yeah. I was like, what? Really? I just thought, I thought everyone thought that way. I thought yeah. everyone did things that I did and mm-hmm. saw things the way I do. And then I'm starting to, all the magicians I know coming out of the woodwork who are like, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's definitely, I think it's a, a thing that, that uh, you know, people with ADHD are drawn towards magic, right? Yeah. Because you have this, um, I have none of the hyperactivity, right? I could do a bit of that. I really want some of that part. I'm like <laughs> something like 92% for attention, yeah. deficit right which means my mind is always wandering at, like throughout my entire childhood and uh, my report cards would say that I was very creative and that I had uh, great potential but mm-hmm. I was a daydreamer and I would spend my time staring out the window and I would never amount to nothing and all this kind of stuff right <laughs> which is kind of true <laughs> kinda. I mean it, yeah it depends it depends in, in, in what kind of esteem you hold mm-hmm. uh, make being a magician but yeah i always got that kind of thing like yeah you know it just needs a kick up the ass this guy you know and i would i would uh, you know my concept of time is extremely skewed and all mm-hmm. these things right that yeah. i never really considered i thought that's just me but it certainly seems to be i've had to re-examine a lot of things re- re- uh, recently on in light of that and think Right. At first, it was it was, it was a very negative thing for me. I thought, oh God, this is awful. What I've can I get a blue badge for the car? Is that, mm-hmm. that you know? I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. 
what's this all about? It was weird having to re-examine things in the light of this. And I had to kind of sort of, I read a lot about it. And there's a lot of Google searches saying what are the positive sides of ADHD I'm typing in. So I've kind of, you know, come to the conclusion that I'm like, yeah, maybe this is my superpower, right? I'm I'm trying to look at it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, like any time you have something like that with your brain, it's important to try and contextualize it in a positive way. Like I, I've made no secret that I struggle with a lot of anxiety and I've learned how to channel that anxiety into my stage persona to sort of like really bring this amped up energy. And while like, while it may be terrible in some parts of my life and other parts of my life, it could be very positive and helpful. And I think it's great that you're doing the same thing with ADHD. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I kind of had to really, mm-hmm. um, it was the, it's the hyper focus thing that is that, I would spend all day, every day in some sort of uh, hyper-focused state with some tiny little thing that was probably going to lead to nothing mm-hmm. um, and then realise that I need to pick my kids up from school and I need to do this. <laughs> and I did it the other day, in fact. I came yeah. in, I dropped my son at school and then I had an idea driving back in the car, a little ding, light bulb moment. Yeah. And I came into the house and I still had my jacket on um, so I dropped him at like eight thirty in the morning, and I still had my jacket on at three three p.m. and I hadn't sat down. I was standing <laughs> at the table with my jacket on because I was still making the thing, right? Yeah. So I do that, and but over the years, I've obviously developed skills to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. So things that I do that I thought everyone did, you know, little strategies to yeah. deal with the fact that I like five minutes to me is like different from five minutes for everyone else and mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah. So when it comes to that, yeah, you're not getting a straight answer with me. I'm explaining why now when it comes to that, I think the thing I've realized that is maybe my superpower when it comes to like magic tricks mm-hmm. is that I, I look at things a little differently from other people. And I see things from a, yeah. you know, a different angle sometimes. And I think the best example of that is, um, so I have a trick that I, teach in my lecture and it was my last lecture mm-hmm. I used to teach it. I think I might throw it in again, it's a good trick it's, it's in my penguin lecture and it's called We Make Any Sandwich and um, <laughs> what's I the, sat What's down. the trick? Sorry? What is the trick? I, I actually don't well, remember that trick Well, it, so what, what happened was I decided one day I'm going to make a, what's a popular plot and I thought, well a sandwich effect that's popular, right, so I got the cards out I started trying to think, how can I do, approach this different, differently and the trick that I ended up with is um, a confabulation effect where you have an envelope and you can see there's a photograph in it sticking yeah. out and I give them the photograph and I tell them a story I say, look, a friend recommended this place to me, I said there's this place a sandwich shop and, and they have a, a sign that says we make any sandwich and I thought that's a bold claim right <laughs> so, so I went down there and I thought this is a challenge right so I went down and I ordered the weirdest sandwich you can imagine like the weirdest ingredients and uh, and they made it and do you know what it was delicious it was so delicious I took a photograph of it right so you ask I, I say pretend you're in my shoes and you're at the restaurant I get a little mm-hmm. Uh, waitress pad out and then I asked them to name ingredients that could be in this sandwich and I've had some crackers um I, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to swear I won't swear <laughs> <laughs> but I've had some really funny ones yeah. one was um uh I think it was shampoo 
and oh no, shaving foam, <laughs> uh, dog, do yeah, and and despair, despair as a as a salmon <laughs> 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 So, you know, I write it down the little pad and I go, okay, it's coming. And I mm-hmm. pretend, you know, I'm taking their order. But then um, when I say, let's check out the envelope, they've been holding it the whole time. And I take the photograph out. It's a photograph of a sandwich on a plate. But it's just the crust that's been eaten, mm-hmm. right? Because clearly I wouldn't take a photo of a sandwich that I didn't know was delicious, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But then I point out the little crumbs of ingredients but if they're more observant, they'll see that in the photograph there's a receipt. Yeah. But there's also a staple on the photo. And when you turn it around, there's a receipt stapled to the back that has the sandwich order on it, right? That's so, so good. It's a good little trick, man. It's a good little trick. But that came from me saying, how can I make up a sandwich trick? And mm-hmm. then I was just like, well, what about people just guess what sandwich you ate? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So I think it is, it is about... Yeah, I think that I think it's I just see things mm-hmm. that I don't I don't see it as different. I, I, it's weird when I come into magic, a lot of the like all the tricks I came up with were just for myself. Mm-hmm. I invented tricks out of necessity. So uh, I, I told you this before. I think that the, one of the first things I came up with when I was started working professionally or semi professionally was um, I had a, a card box that would um, light up. So as you took the cards out, it would light up and sing opera. As you took the cards out, it would, go, yes. oh, it would turn in a banana, right? I, you, I, took the cards out. you told me that so, we were in, I still remember when you told me the story because we were like in Blackpool, it was at night and we were walking to a restaurant to meet like Sean and Nick and you're describing this store, this card box to me as it's pouring rain and it, it just, it was. <laughs> that's Blackpool, it's any other thing. <laughs> But it served yeah. a purpose because I was nervous about approaching tables, and mm-hmm. when I went, when I took the, the cards out, people would go, "Oh God," you know, like yeah, oh, card trick. So I would say, oh, "I know it's a card trick, but I'll make it as uh, dramatic as possible." And as I took the cards out, they go, da, 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 yeah. and then, whew, I'd blow it and put it in my pocket, and it would break the ice, and it would get a laugh, right? And it was really cobbled together. I, I took a little, it was a, a little sound chip out of a greeting card yeah. that had the opera in it and a little LED light out of a, a lighter and I just stuck it all together <laughs> in the box so when I squeezed it, it did the stuff. So it was things like that. I came up with tricks to serve my own purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and then when I showed them to other magicians, they were like, that's some wacky stuff right there, man. <laughs> and I was like, well, it doesn't seem wacky to me. It's yeah. just, I like to get a laugh, right? But um, I, I like a laugh and a maze at the same time. <laughs> I know that to be. I mean, I've always, you know, we've we met in person a few years ago, but I've I've always really enjoyed going to Blackpool to hang out with you because it is it is so much fun. Like you're just such a fun guy to hang out with. But that, oh, thank you. But that does sort of explain some of the tricks that you've. Show, I mean, like Little Door is a perfect example of that one. I don't mean to keep coming back to that one, but I know that like a lot of people, their first introduction to Roddy McGee is Little Door. And that mm. that routine is really fascinating because it's very fun all the way through, but there's not like a definitive magic moment because there's so many little moments along the way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I like I like to pepper my magic with as many little magic moments as, as I can. If I'm mm-hmm. going to give someone a pen, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll try and take the lid off and then I'll stretch it and it'll pop to my hand and then I'll give them it and then yeah. I'll take it back and I'll roll it into a ball and I like to do a lot of magical things and I know what you mean about Little Door. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by The Card That Matters from Rick Lax. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this miracle packet trick prediction. Nick, Justin Flom and Rick Lax team up every once in a while to create some really fun little magical moments and The Card That Matters is definitely one of those things. This is such a fascinating trick. I've spent a lot of time with Rick and Justin and they, I, they have this like ability to like kind of challenge each other on, uh, on different tricks. Like, Hey, what if we had a trick where we could make the moon disappear? Well, if that was the crazy thing, they'd sit down all night and come up with all sorts of different methods. And it's almost like, you know, you and I, we get together, we talk about magic and yeah. like, I don't know, a couple beers later, we're like doing other things. <laughs> but with these two guys, like, it's like business, right? Yeah. And this was like a challenge to do something really impossible. So the, the challenge was like to let a spectator name any card and have it be the only card face up in a poker hand in an envelope. So that's what happens. You, you bring out an envelope that has a poker hand inside of it. You don't show it to the audience, but you tell them that that's what in there. And you tell them that one of the cards in this poker hand is face up. And you ask them to guess what it is. So they guess. And then you take the cards out. You spread them. And the card that they guessed is the card that's face up in the poker hand. Um, but not only that, it's has, a, of course, it has a different color back than the rest of the cards. So it's a miracle. Um, and to get this done, it uses one of my favorite methods in, of, in magic, mm. which is like, I mean, we have to tell you that it uses this because in in us selling magic for as long as we have, we realize that if, if you are unaware that this is a multiple out routine, you get very uh, mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, this falls- I love multiple outs, and I think this is one of the best uh, examples of a great multiple out trick. This falls into that. There's this really exciting world that's happening right now in, in card magic where magicians are presenting a limited selection and figuring out really fascinating ways to guide an audience to that limited selection without it feeling limited. And then once you're in, once they're inside of this boundary of this of this bank of cards, your audience does have a free choice. And so part of it is the art of getting them to that limited selection. Uh, but the other thing is this comes with a really interesting set of gimmick cards that is uh, I mean just I know I say this a lot but it's just bonkers how this thing works because when when you start to actually like get involved with these cards like you start to realize that like this had to be made in conjunction with Penguin Magic because the idea is so out there you'd never make this just like at home uh, with with an exacto knife and and a couple of spare cards lying around this is a, a deep work into how to get the largest limited selection into the tiniest number of cards. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's not like limited selection, like they only have a choice of five cards, no. right? The, they, the, uh, the bank is like 20 or 20 cards, 25 yeah. cards. It's it's an enormous amount for them to have a limit, for them to have a selection from. And just for it to just be five cards in an envelope, it feels like there's no deck of cards in play, which is what I love about it, right? Yeah. You could just carry this envelope in your pocket and then the routine is essentially verbal at that point. You just take the cards out and you just have to know which way to spread it or, or whatever, right? Um, so I, this is a, I love tricks like this. Um, 
I love the idea of being able to do card tricks without a deck of cards. Yeah. So if you are somebody that walks around and, and is always changing up their material for new types of things, uh, this is, get it, take a look at it. Um, I know for some people, this has been one of the strongest tricks that they've ever done. And I don't, don't just, I, I don't uh, not believe that. Um, it falls in the same world as like Colossal Killer and these types of tricks where I know that Colossal Killer has sometimes been the best trick I've ever shown people. Oh, yeah. And I think the card that matters uh, can also fit that that mold. The Card That Matters by Rick Lax. Check it out. That was The Card That Matters from Rick Lax, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to this show receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is POKER. That's poker, just like the game, P-O-K-E-R, for 25% off The Card That Matters by Rick Lax. That code is only good for The Card That Matters and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Roddy McGee. I like to pepper my magic with as many little magic moments as I can. If I'm mm-hmm. going to give someone a pen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll try and take the lid off and then I'll stretch it and it'll pop to my hand and then I'll give them it and then yeah. I'll take it back and I'll roll it into a ball and... I like to do a lot of magical things. And I know what you mean about Little Door. Mm-hmm. When I create a trick, I, I, I quite often work backwards. Yeah. Because when especially working for a Scottish Scottish audience who you have you have to win them over, right? Uh, you know, and people will say, you know, I finish a trick and they'll go, right, give us the box and they'll take it and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And then they'll grudgingly go, mm, okay, <laughs> you got me, right? They'll accept you once you've done that. Yeah, everything has to be clean, right? Yeah. So with Little Door particularly, I remember working backwards, I thought, right, I want to be able to do sort of kind of Looney Tunes type thing of having a door and you can open it in the box and then rub it off and hand it out immediately. Mm-hmm. So my conditions were I have to have a box that is completely examinable at the end. So how do I get there? Yeah. And I can work backwards from there, right? So that's that's what I do with a lot of tricks. Sometimes I have a method first, and sometimes it's an idea. Like, um, I'm sure I talked about this before somewhere else, but like Coinception. Yeah. The, the initial idea with that was I thought, oh, if I can get – like a perspex, like a clear plastic coin, mm-hmm. like the coins Jared Manley made, you know, something like that that looks like a half dollar, but it's clear plastic and it's hollow mm-hmm. and I have a little tube, then I can I can make this appear and then I can squeeze a little tube of like gallium or mercury into it and make the coin and then switch it for a real coin. So I thought, how cool would that look, right? I think what my favorite part of that is that it was just the look of it, not at all the fact of working with deadly heavy metals. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I thought that would be cool. Yeah, and that's and that that could be technically possible. And then I was like, oh no, that's just madness. And that's where Coinception came from. I thought, yeah. well, how can I replicate that? idea of building up a coin a little bit at a time so sometimes that like i say sometimes the just the idea comes first and then sometimes it's the method but i mean people often ask me about the creativity thing like how can i do it and or or mm-hmm. they'll say i i couldn't do that i couldn't i don't know how you come up with things but i i guess most of the time people haven't tried yeah you know and, and it's like so for years i've spent a lot of years going into Roy Walton shop mm-hmm. and and being in awe of these magicians that would go there 
who would have these books and all these tracks they made up, and I would think, I can I can't do that. This was such a rarefied thing. I could never invent a magic trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not until you sit down and try, then God, you know, sometimes it just comes to you. And um, I mean, even like if you buy a trick, right? Yeah. We As magicians, we buy a trick and it comes with a presentation and the, pers- the person that presents it mm-hmm. is they have their personality and stuff like that. So taking a trick and then just changing uh, the presentation for for it, that's a hugely creative thing to do, right? That's a big mm-hmm. way of using your creativity and it's a good start to take like sponge balls and think, what could I do with these that's mm-hmm. different using the moves that already exist? Well, maybe I need to invent a new move to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so start with something that's maybe already there. That's a, that's a good way to start, I think. It seems to me that like one of the, one of your real skills and I mean this as a compliment, not a uh, not, not a uh, not any sort of like um, go on. Uh, well, re- like I don't mean that as like a refutation of what you've already said as your superpowers. Is the way I'm trying to say this is that yes, you look at the world a little bit differently, and yes, that makes you have this idea of what if I could have this Looney Tunes hole that opens in the back of a box, or what if I could you know you know what if my kids were able to predict the card that's that I was going to meet from this guy named that I was going to meet, you know, for like a lot of predictions. Uh, But I think what is so impressive about your stuff is being able to routine all of that stuff so that it's not only logical, but practical because I've, I've yet to, I mean, like I I really do carry an inordinate amount of your products when I'm, (laughs) when I'm gigging. And I think that what always is so amazing to me is that it's not just that the quirky offbeat idea is good and looks amazing, but the whole routine is sort of logical all the way through and the handling seems to be well thought out. Stargate is a really good example of one where it's a very quirky idea that could very easily be difficult to do or the gimmick night might not work right all the time. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. Stargate, the gimmick is not only practical, but you have a way of ditching the gimmick at the end so that you can hand everything out. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's that, that routine... How do you get those routines worked out like that? I think is the real thing because it's having yeah. the idea is one thing, but it's actually executing the idea on the idea that I think is something you were so skilled at. Yeah, I don't know. I think I tend to, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of um, working out in my head mm-hmm. kind of thing. I was talking, this is another so weirdly neurodivergent thing that I yeah. discovered from speaking to another magician that I literally do have little think bubbles and I construct 3D models of things. I, I thought everyone did that, like you see it as a 3D thing and you revolve it around and work out how it all goes together before I actually sit down to make it, right? Yeah. So I almost do that um, when routining a thing as well because, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, like, my wife's used to me sitting going, like making <laughs> sometimes lying yeah. in bed, and I know Noel does this as well because he's told me he does this. My yeah. friend Noel Coulter, but I'll be lying in bed and I'll go like that, sweat, pretend I'm doing a rubber band. She knows I'm just doing magic in my head. Yeah, I'm imagining what it looks like. But the 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 routineing of it, generally, um, I I get it down as much as I can before I show it to people. Mm-hmm. But then once you start to perform it in the real world, then it becomes a, a little more refined. Yeah. But I'd say 90% of the time, 
by the t- by the time I take it out to show people, it's 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 kind of done. It's but a, I spend an yeah. inordinate amount of time on it. It doesn't seem like a lot of time to me, but I can spend days and days thinking about a thing and yeah. trying to trim the fat until mm-hmm. it's nice and streamlined because it's all about natural action. If you're doing, uh, and I think it's also about maybe being aware of how it's perceived by lay people mm-hmm. because when you've been doing magic for a long time, you know, you kind of, you're not amazed by things so much anymore and you forget what it yeah. was like to be amazed. And sometimes like being able to see it from, uh, I mean, I, I always construct my routines thinking I'm being, I'm showing it to the toughest audience that I can imagine. Yeah. And I think, well, at this point they are going to think of this. So I will eliminate that. So at this point they'll think, mm-hmm. well, the card's there and he's done that, so I'll eliminate that. And that, that's the route I try and go down. I try and sort of block off any kind of avenues of maybe this is what he's doing. Or like if I do a move that seems suspicious, yeah. um, then it's probably to distract them from the actual move. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, think it's, I think everybody does that, though, don't yeah. they? You just, you just trim the fat until it's kind of... Just nice wait, lean. It sounds like you work it out in your head as far as you can go, and then you work it out like physically as far as you can go, yeah. and that's when you take it into sort of the real world, and then that's where sort of the refinement comes. Yeah, exactly. That's when I, I mean, the refinements once I start performing it for people are usually quite minor. They're like, okay, I should put, I should use this hand instead of this hand, because, and quite often routines will change um, by the nature of what else I've got. And in this pocket, yeah, I go right. Okay, so I have this trick in this pocket, and mm-hmm. if I'm going to do that, I need to go here. Mm-hmm. So, and then sometimes the so when it comes out as a routine, um, it's just because it suited me for what I was I had in my pockets at the time. Sometimes, well, Roddy, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us about this. I, I feel like I could talk to you all day about this. We'll just we'll have because. We've got a time limit on the podcast. We can't we can't be oh, on for, forever. So, so no, no, this was perfect. You know what we'll do? We'll just have you back on again very soon. How does that sound? Yes, I would love to. I would love to. Excellent. Roddy, thanks so much for joining us on the Penguin Magic Podcast. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Roddy for being on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Keep an eye out for some incredible magic coming from Roddy McGee later this year. I know he has a lot of surprises in store for you. Well, this weekend, I'm off to Erie, Pennsylvania to perform at Keller's Magic and Comedy Club with my buddy, Danny Corby. Tickets are still available if you want to come see the show. Then, April 6th to the 17th, I'll be in San Diego, California, performing at the Prestige Magic Theater. If you're in the area, be sure to stop by and say hello. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been watching NHRL Robot Combat on. Okay, seriously, I'm thinking that like in a, I'm like a week away from locking myself in the workshop at Penguin and 3D print and the 3D printers there and seeing if I can make my own combat robot. The one pound weight class seems like something I could make. A one pound robot with spikes and spinning blades and fire and poison. No, not poison. That's too far. But if combat robotics isn't your cup of tea, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. Perform.